Today's till the new year, flip of the calendar, and I've got some resolutions to share both with the baseball club and with Major League Baseball. Today, today will be the former. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. I would like to see, from a resolution standpoint, on the field at PNC Park, Derek Shelton begin to manage as if the game in front of him matters. That, to me, will be something of a transformational moment within this management team having taken over a couple of years ago. I know that sounds stupid. It also sounds like one really modest goal, doesn't it? Like, yeah, how about if you play to win? But when that happens, you will know that the management overall, not just Shelton, but everybody over his head, will have turned the page on all this, let's just see what so-and-so's got. Let's use the Rule 5 guy in an important situation. That kind of crap. And it is crap. It's hard to watch. I don't care how much you appreciate the context that's happening around it. If you're watching a baseball game, particularly if you've paid to watch that baseball game, if you're in a seat somewhere in that ballpark, it turns your stomach to see the manager make a move that you know for a fact will not help in winning that game. Or, for that matter, putting together a lineup that isn't the best lineup to win that day. The way it currently works, as Shelton has explained many, many times, is that he and Don Kelly go over the stats, the back and forth, the matchups. Uh, batter versus pitcher is a big, big deal in their world and with most managers when they're making out a lineup. The batting order, there's all different kinds of things to push into it. But ultimately, they're doing these lineups, and they've talked about this, not just days in advance, weeks in advance. And every day that there's a game and the lineup comes out and everyone gets all, wow, didn't he see that so-and-so went four for four with two home runs last night? What's he doing? That lineup was made forever ago. Of course they can change it occasionally. He'll do that, but not nearly enough. Not nearly enough. And he unquestionably, meaning Shelton, listens way too much to the prescribed rest advice that comes from over his head. He doesn't need to do that. I don't doubt for a second that if Shelton said, listen, man, I'm sorry, fellas. We need a sweep here. We haven't swept anyone since 2020. Okay, we need a sweep. We've won the first three games of this series. I'm using Reynolds. All right. All right. Now get out of my office. 
and take take these folders with you. That's the kind of thing that he needs to start doing. Even if it flies in the face of the analytics or advice from above. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. It hasn't been easy judging the job that Shelton's done. Uh, I'm not one of those people who looks at Shelton mangling something in a given game and saying, he's not going to be the manager here uh, whenever the team gets good, which, by the way, is only what everybody says every time something like that happens. Like, come on, at least come up with something original. He's not going to be the guy. He's just a caretaker here until the real manager comes along. And I don't believe that. I think he's got the personality, the background, the moxie, the voice in the clubhouse to succeed with good players. But he himself has to turn that page maybe forcibly at some point. Here's a thought. I saw yesterday somebody somewhere was doing win predictions for the coming year, as if such a thing is like even remotely plausible or relevant right now, given that we don't even know if there's going to be baseball and if and when baseball does return, what impact will the new collective bargaining agreement have on teams like the Pirates, who could theoretically have a ton of money that not only they could spend, but would be required to spend. But if you want to set up a prediction off of the current roster, well, I don't know how you could look at that and say this is going to be a meaningful improvement. What would make someone look at this roster and say, well, that one won 61 games and this one is going to win 72, but that was the number that was spat out. Don't even ask. I, I don't even remember where I saw it, but it was some official-looking thing. That's an 11-game improvement. And I, I don't know where it had come from. Do you think Reynolds can be even better? <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm sure Kibrian Hayes has another gear in him. And, you know, looking around the diamond, I mean, maybe there's a player here or there who could outdo offensively whoever was there before but you're going to drop back a lot offensively from the catcher position I don't know that you're going to get a whole lot more out of first base than you got from Colin Moran although I guess you could hold out hope that there's a DH and Yoshi Tsugo would come up with some offense but then everybody's going to be adding a DH in the National League that should kind of cancel everything out pitching wise again I, I don't see where the massive improvement would come from but but giving the benefit of the doubt to this random prediction that the Pirates would improve by 11 games, then they would be 10 games under 500, which means that somewhere along the way, 
like maybe even into August, they'd have to be, you know, kind of in that range. You see where I'm going here? If the Pirates are floating around 500, this is Pittsburgh, my friends. That's going to be a really big freaking deal. And the Central Division doesn't look like it's about to run away from the pack either. So you could theoretically see them, like, hanging around if this prediction were to be true, which I will repeat, I don't believe that it will be based on the current roster. But will the manager follow suit? Will the front office follow suit? And if it doesn't, this is probably the better way to ask this, will the manager say, hey, listen, it's my third year here, and some of these players that I've had in this room have been here the whole time, and they haven't even sniffed, sniffed a meaningful baseball game in all that time. It's time we start, you know, playing for now, playing for June, July, August, whatever it happens to be, however long it gets to go. And that's going to fall on this manager and his personality. And that, that is going to tell us a lot about him. Just that. When we come back, just one question. Today's J1Q comes from Bill, who asks, Okay, say the players agree to some sort of cap. What I wonder is, what will they want in exchange? They're not going to agree quietly. Bill, they're not going to agree at all, my man. That's kind of the point here. No players' union has ever agreed to a cap in exchange for anything. They've only agreed when they've been forced to. That's why I've been advocating all this time and vocally for the longest possible lockout. Not because I like the owners or I've picked the owner's side or anything like that. I couldn't care less about the rich getting richer. That doesn't interest me at all. I don't care which side wins or which side has the good guys and the bad guys. I care about a fair system. That's all. And the only way you're going to get that fair system is for the owners to hang together. Remember one thing about labor, and this is true across the board. The owners, the bosses, make the rules. That's one thing every labor lawyer on either side from the homestead strike onward, can agree on. The owners make the work rules. That's how it goes. That's how labor in the United States is set up. Now, the workers don't have to go along with those rules, and then they have actions that they can take in turn. They can strike. In this case, the owners did a preemptive lockout. Rob Manfred said that it was in the hopes that it could force everyone to recognize the urgency of the situation earlier and thus enhance the chance that baseball could be back in time 
for mid-February and spring training. This will not happen. This will not happen. You don't take a draconian action like a lockout and then say, yeah, but it's not a real lockout. It's just a little thing. No one's buying that. A lockout was implemented by the owners via unanimous vote because they're hoping for something significant out of this. And I will remind that the only proposal that they've put forth is one that includes a range, a payroll range of $100 million at the bottom, 180 at the top. That's a cap system. You can call it whatever you want. You can dress up the 180 however you want by calling it an adjustment to the competitive balance tax or whatever else. But a bottom and a top is a cap system. That's what they want to put in. They voted on this unanimously. All 30 teams. And of the select committee that's handled the negotiations the closest, meaning the ones that are the most intensely involved, the leaders of this group have been, by all accounts, the Yankees and the Red Sox, because they want this too. That's one of the biggest misnomers that's out there. Oh, the Yankees and Red Sox will never go for this. They want to spend into infinity. No, they don't. No, they don't. Show me where the Yankees, ever since George Steinbrenner's passing, have spent into infinity. They don't do it at all. They don't go past the luxury tax. Show me where the Red Sox, under John Henry, have spent into infinity when they allowed Mookie Betts to walk away to the Dodgers, the only team that could afford him. They don't want this either. The hard wording for this is that the owners have to break the players. They have to break the union. They have to get the union to crack, and that won't happen in short order. The union has built up a war chest for this. That's what they call it. Where they can pay players and make sure that they're still whole for a really long time. But that's not replacing a year of a player's career. That's not replacing games that are lost, a development that's lost. And eventually, in every sport, if the owners stick together, the players crack. If the owners crack, then the players get whatever the hell they want. And the system stays as chaotic and archaic and unfair as it currently is. So this isn't about getting them to agree. Trust me on that much. This is not about getting them to say, yeah, okay, cool, we'll take a cap. Um, so what do we get? No chance of that. No chance. It has to be the hardest possible road or bust. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one tomorrow.